0: That's a terrible call. That is a terrible call. Brown the
1: steal. Jalen.
0: No! <laughs> candles out. Get too agitated. Jalen off the bounce. To the basket. Come on, refs. Get with the game here. This is the Celtics blog podcast, Celtics pod. I'm Adam Taylor, part of Celtics blog. You can catch my articles over there joined by Brendan Nunez and Tim Shields, my good friends and co-hosts. Today's the Aranda League episode. I look forward to this one more than any of the other episodes because I get to watch more film on other teams that I wouldn't usually watch. We've all each picked out one game or some specific players that have had good weeks. It's kind of similar to what we did last week, but with a tiny bit of a twist. And we're going to dive into that and bring you some information of what's going on outside of Boston. Brendan, Tim, what's up, my guys? Nothing much. What's going on, man? I'm Not chilling.
1: much. Yeah, I am doing the same. I agree with Adam. I enjoy doing these and getting to uh, learn up a little bit
0: on what else is going on in this ridiculous 30-team league. Yeah, it's hard, dude. Like, um, Since I've been covering the Celtics, I hardly ever get a time to watch any other games. Kind of looking forward to our other podcast, Magnified, so we can watch some individuals there too. But this one really lets us jump into loads of different teams, see what their guys are doing. And you get to kind of look at their bench as well, and you really get an understanding for what the Celtics could be coming up against in the playoffs at a deeper level than if you were just reading and watching highlights.
1: And I can just dream that some of these other guys will somehow make their ways to the
0: Celtics. I mean, you are dreaming the Celtics are going to be the best team in the universe. I just want Wendell Carter Jr., man. Oh, so badly so B-B-O. badly <laughs> so Seriously. badly chris taps dude i mean let's start with kp just because of how much of a night he had and what a night he had against who did they play minnesota you see how my mind went blank then
1: mm-hmm. they played the worst of defense since uh they've made those trades
0: Yeah, what impressed me, though, wasn't the fact that he put up the numbers against them. It was the fact that he did it on a night where Doncic wasn't playing, right? Because he's been playing secondary to Doncic, which is cool because, you know, Luca's Luca. But the numbers he put up were fantastic. They were 38 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists and 5 blocks. 5 blocks! Bro, that's and those
1: a, are Alex Len numbers. <laughs> I saw that <laughs> article.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you though, dude. Like that tied his season high in points. Double double. He was jacking it up from three. He was getting work done in the post, and he was an operating as kind of like a a pick and pop guy from the mid range, especially on the corners. Like taking a few steps in just after a pick and rolls happened, and then acting as the outlet shooting over the non-ball defender. It was nice. He really played a solid game. Remind me of the unicorn crit steps. He's getting back to himself now after recovering from that injury.
2: I think it's big for his confidence too. As you were saying, Adam, to not have Doncic in the game and to see what he can still do despite the injuries coming back from that and just overall getting settled in Dallas, this is a very big step forward for him. 38 points and a double-double is nothing to just shrug up.
1: Yeah. And I mean, in the new year, you know, there's four games where he's had 30 plus. So and he's only had five on the whole season. So, yeah, I mean, confidence is definitely a big part of it here. And just also, you know, getting comfortable again because what he missed two whole years of basketball, year and a half, something like that. And he got um,
0: beat up in Lithuania. Did you see that picture? Oh, yeah. He really he got, did. Whoa,
1: whoa. What happened in Lithuania? Yeah, there was a there was a video, I think. But then it was like post-fight. But he just was walking around. I think he was outside of some club or something. And he he really got hit. And the other dude was a lot shorter than him.
0: That's why Damn. the punch was so effective, right? Because the velocity going upwards was just a... <laughs> it's like an uppercut, except it's a normal swing. Yeah, the dude went street fighter on him, man. Hadugan. And then you've got Seth Curry. Seth Curry that played one in that game too, dropped 27 points. I like Seth Curry. I feel like when you're playing in the shadow of a brother of yours, it's like so elite. that it's really- The
1: Warriors just called up his brother from the G League. I think he has potential to be good if he could be like half the shooter that Seth is, you know.
0: <laughs> it's dude, that family can just shoot lights out, bro. There's no, there's no doubt about it. They're just pure scorers.
2: The fact that he's even able to like carve out a role for himself in the league is kind of a big deal.
1: And as you said, Adam, it's definitely right into the family there. Oh, yeah. Aisha could give anyone buckets. Actually, she's not technically part of the family, huh?
2: She's married in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count. No buckets in that one. I don't know, dude. Isn't she
0: Doc Rivers' daughter?
1: No, that's um Austin Rivers is dating uh, someone in the Curry family. I think it's Steph's sister.
2: Yes, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, the NBA is too intertwined for me.
1: Dude, imagine that family, though. That bloodline, like, whatever. If they end up having a kid, like, I'm putting early stock in that child. What you were thinking, Adam, was
2: Paul George was dating... Doc Rivers' daughter, and then ended up knocking. Oh up, wow! Think, knocked up a stripper, I think. I'm avoiding this conversation.
0: Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Moving I'm avo- on. I'm avoiding this conversation. What me. conversation? <laughs> uh, Paul George's Paul George's women. Adam, is that the conversation? When we move on, we move on to um. <laughs> we move on. We were talking about some. You just mentioned somebody getting called up from the G League, which gave me a bit of a, a segue, which you ruined for me by then talking about family headlines. <laughs> like we're talking about Game of Thrones or something. Um, Shaikh Milton did. Wow. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, who needs Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? when I mean, you can just shake it up a little bit. He's Bro. No, he, he had a ridiculous game.
0: 39 points, five assists. For a guy that got called up from the G League, and he's, he's been playing really solid basketball, man. It's to a point now where there's so many guys that are in the league that either went undrafted or got called up, and they're making... Not making a name for himself, but they're definitely carving out a place in the NBA for themselves. Yeah. It's, it's looking good for the G League at the moment, the way that's happening, simply because they're trying to restructure and make a clear path to the league. Guys like Shake Milton are making sure that's a viable option for teams.
1: Well, and you know, I read that Shake got told at the all star break, you know, very transparent from Brett Brown that pretty much you're out of the rotation. And then yeah. all these injuries and all of a sudden it's like, you know, he's going to be a piece for them moving forward. Philadelphia needs these cheap contracts with the situation that they got going financially.
0: Yeah. And to say that to somebody like that's that does not test your character because certain people would be like, wait, then I'm not going to bother trying. I'm out of the rotation. There's no way back for me.
1: Got, <laughs> Troy Daniels. And, oh,
0: <laughs> and then other guys are going to be like, what do you mean I'm out of the rotation? What do you mean there's no way back? Nah, watch, watch what I can do next time I get a chance because I will get a chance. Right. And and that's the mentality he's shown, and now he's at a point where what can, they can't afford to not let him play now.
2: Well, on top of that, there was a bunch of crazy stats that he ended up breaking. He's the ninth player in franchise history to score at least 39 points in a game in his second NBA season. The last to do so was Joel Embiid. He tied Robert Covington, J.J. Reddick, Darrell Wright for the second most threes made in a road game in franchise history. Uh, Isaiah Cannon holds the team record at eight. Only two players in Sixers history have hit seven threes on nine or fewer attempts in a game. Milton and then Furkan Korkmaz.
1: Korkmaz, a shooter too.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and 13th player in the NBA this season to score 39 points on 20 attempts or fewer. Damn. Gross, dude. Gross. And
1: okay, another guy that's just been shooting it like a beast is Kobe White. And I kind of dived into him a little bit for this one. But, you know, over the last five games for Kobe White, he is averaging. Shout out to Adam. He's averaging tw- 28 points on 50% from the field, 51% from the field, 52% from three. Um, and he had not gotten over 30 in his career and th- he had three games in a row of it. And I mean, it's notable, like the teams he's going against, he's going against bad defenses, you know, like he did it against Phoenix first, 19th in defensive rating. Does it against Washington, um, 33 against both of those Washington's 29th defensive rating. Okay. See, a nice one. Um, they're a top 10 defense. They're 10th. So that's decent. But then you see like New York, who's obviously down there. Dallas is a good offense, uh, not a good defense. Um, And then against some of the better teams is where he really struggles. Like there is, you know, I want to give him credit. He did drop 25 against Milwaukee. That's the top-ranked defense. Um, But then you look at like zero points against Toronto in almost 30 minutes. Um, Less than five points against Indiana, against the Clippers, against okc on a different occasion so um six points in both of his games against boston um so he's struggling at times but he's i I think he's just a bit one-dimensional right now like he can shoot the ball ridiculously he's a catch and shoot guy um he can shoot off the dribble great and he can knock it down but i mean so he's taking he he pretty much at the rim is Terry Rosier. Like he's terrible at the rim. Um, But he takes 40% of his shots are non-corner threes and he makes 38% of them. So just that right there is going to make him a decent scorer. And I think he's starting to show it off a little bit, but it's like all right hand, really. If he's going left, he tries to get to that step back, um, which he gets a lot of space with it, but he can't finish. Um, So I don't know, the shooting... The shooting is definitely intriguing for him, especially only being a a first-year guy. I mean, to be dropping 30-plus a couple different times is definitely encouraging.
0: His height reminds me a little bit of Canberra as well and the way he handles the ball. If he can learn to do some dribble-drive penetration and get to the line, he's going to be a problem, dude, because that space that he's getting off those step-backs, if he can do that without clasping the ball so he's not killing his dribble... So he can make that backwards crossover head fake and then drive. He's going to get to the line a lot, and that's going to be a big addition to his game in a year or two if he can figure that out.
1: Yeah, he doesn't get to the line quite as much as you would like, um, but he is really fast. And then, so I think the main thing for that that sort of Kemba comp, which I, I think is is a little kind to like what he'll be at some point um but yeah like you said he definitely needs to tighten up that handle and then the other thing that Kemba does just so underratedly well is change of speed because Kobe White is damn fast he's getting out in transition really quick um but being able to change your speed when you're running a pick and a roll is like how you have another evolution to your game and he definitely is going to need to add that at some point
0: to be probably will To be fair, it took Jalen Brown until this year, his fourth year, to be able to really master that change of pace. That's a real big development in body control. Sometimes you need to allow guys to finish their physical development before they can really start mastering their body. At his age, he's still growing, dude. He's still figuring out what his body's capable of.
2: On top of that, as you were saying with the Kemba comp, uh, one thing to keep in mind is he's four inches taller. He's six foot four. And as you said, how old is he now? he is 20 so he could still grow a little bit mm-hmm. more just her body 20. too yeah so there's still guys that i
1: look it. for yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the finishing thing too is that he goes and he just gets knocked off his spot like i don't know if it's core strength or just strength in general um he's definitely gonna get stronger and that should help the finishing
2: oh absolutely you know, and I mean, is, that that four four four? is
0: that six yeah, foot four four, that's legit four. or are we counting here <laughs>
1: that hair True. might actually add like a mental factor it makes him faster for sure the way that flaps behind him man I mean, it's, it's kind of like, like when you
2: when you make yourself like big when you're trying to scare away a bear it's like kind right. of like that it's like yeah. the afro scares He's you
1: just trying to scare away thomas sadaransky and get that starting spot <laughs> they, well, they started they seriously started shack harrison over him like when is this guy going to get into the starting spot woof But they need defense because it's also Levine. And if you put out Levine and Kobe White, you're not stopping anybody.
0: And they should get black boy hair. It's true. Okay, jokes aside, I'm going to move on. And I'm going to move on to some Boston-related news just because I'd feel very guilty if we didn't. Jason Tatum, on his birthday, Eastern Conference Player of the Month, boy.
1: Of the month. The first time I think Giannis hasn't gotten it.
0: Who's Giannis, man? We got Jason Tatum. Who needs Giannis? Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I mean the month he's having it, or had, I guess. Now that we are officially into March here, he just—I I, mean—the guy is absolutely ridiculous. I'm pulling up the exact stats as we're talking here.
0: Oh, um, no, no need for the dun dun-dun-dun. dun 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 dun. So shout out to Jeff Clark, Celtics Blog CEO, who dropped these into a. Slack channel that I'm in, and Brendan, I'll let you read some too so you don't feel left out. You're gonna to have to find them yourself though. So, I to... already have them, okay? Okay, so February 9th versus Oklahoma City Thunder, he went 10 and 19, four or seven from three with 11 rebounds, reached a 20 point mark for the, for the career best ninth consecutive game, tallied 20 plus points and 10 plus rebounds for the fifth time in 2019 20, 2020 career high. Against the Clippers went for thirty-nine points, fourteen of twenty-two from the field twenty-three from the field, sorry, five of ten from three, nine rebounds, becoming the first Celtics player to record a thirty-nine point nine plus nine thirty-nine plus points and nine plus rebounds while shooting at least sixty percent from the field and fifty percent from free since Mr. Larry Bird. Brendan, take you can take the last tater. two. <laughs>
1: All right, I don't have his specific games in front of me, but I got his whole stats for the month, and he's fourth in the NBA in that time at points per game. He's got 30 points, shooting freaking 48% from three on nine attempts. Uh, obviously, just absolutely ridiculous. There's nobody else that is shooting that many threes at that sort of rate. Um, I, I mean, the only guys, so with more than five three-point attempts, Um, Seth Curry that we mentioned Colin Sexton Tyler Hero Wayne Ellington didn't play all too many games Avery Bradley shout out to him you know great February finally shooting the ball Uh, but none of those guys have the offensive weight that Jason Tatum has and and to be doing it off the dribble I I think is is the main thing like a lot of these guys that you're talking about probably aside from Sexton most are catch and shoot guys and, and you know good for them they're doing that very effectively but The offensive load that Jason Tatum um, had to and was capable of holding during this stretch is just ridiculous.
2: One thing to note, too, this was a tweet that dropped, uh, I think, earlier today. Uh, This is from ESPN Stats and Info. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have both increased their scoring from last season by seven points per game. If Tatum and Brown continue to score at this rate, this will be the first season that multiple Celtics players have increased their scoring by at least seven points per game in the same season.
0: These two guys guys are going to be phenomenal in a few more years. I'm so down for the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown show for the next five to six seasons, minimum. And we haven't even mentioned Brad Wanamaker. We're not going to. (laughs) We're going to skim over Brad Wanamaker. I'm going to finish these two stats that Jeff dropped in this chat because, shout out again, these are solid stats, Jeff. February 23rd against the Lakers, 41 points, 12 of 20 from the field, 4 of sent. Four of seven from three and five rebounds. Matched his career high with forty-one points, thirty-seven of which were scored in the second and third quarters, and eleven of fifteen, four of six from three. Taking him up to the Trailblazers, his final game in Feb. Well, his final notable game in Feb. 36 points, 14 of 22 from the field, 8 of 12 from 3, 5 rebounds. Connected on a career high, 8 three-point field goals. That's the eight of 12 en route to his second consecutive 30 point game. I feel like that 30 point game stretch is a what has been going on for a while now as well.
1: I mean, and the teams he's doing it against, you know, we talked about Kobe White kind of not doing it against great teams, but when you're talking about the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, Orlando was in February, so was Utah. Um, I I mean, he's doing it against some quality. Yeah, Rockets are an interesting defense uh, that. Definitely have been playing well with that small ball. Um, yeah, I mean, he's doing it against high
0: quality opponents. And then you saw the Bradley Beal thing that came out today on Twitter as well, right? Where Bradley Beal was saying in a few years he's going to be a thousand percent, Jason Tanton will be a thousand times better than him.
1: I did see this. And also, Bradley Beal is just absolutely crushing it right now.
0: Yeah, he's just not got the help. That's the problem. We spoke about this last week.
1: About to go see Bradley Beal tonight against the Kings.
0: I watched Bradley Beal lose against the Clippers last year, and I'm still living that dream. He
1: definitely is a good basketball player. He can score the ball, and they're over there fighting for the ninth seed. Not going to happen, but, you know, I mean, fighting for the eighth seed.
0: So with Brendan's mistake and me falling into a stuttering (laughs) mess at times, we're going to head over to a break so we can get some water and refresh with some Gatorade see what I did a 2k reference
1: you know, shout out Gatorade sponsor
0: <laughs> could you imagine right then guys we'll be back in a moment we're just heading off to an advertisement break so now that the players have refreshed with some Gatorade Tim, <laughs> Tim, what was the team that you um you were looking into? I know you had a team in mind you wanted to talk about.
2: So I was looking at a couple of different games, mainly
0: games that are going to potentially
2: impact the playoff situation. Looking down the line, um, in terms of the big games, that I had on the docket, um, we had the Raptors falling to Denver, one thirty three to one eighteen. Um, Mainly that's a big game just because right now the Raptors are a half game ahead of the Celtics uh, at the second seed spot in terms of where the Celtics are. If the Celtics win tonight, or rather today is Tuesday while we're recording this episode, so hopefully the Celtics win tonight. Um, you'll be hearing this tomorrow. Um, if they end up taking that game, Celtics will not only have the tiebreaker in hand with one game left against the Raptors, um, they will take the second seed uh, at least right now in terms of the standings. And then you've got the Celtics also looking potentially at a Miami situation because the Bucks lost to Miami 105-89. to That was the big game I looked into. I don't know if you guys ended up watching any of this game at all, but that could potentially be an interesting playoff matchup between uh, Milwaukee and Miami.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bam Adebayo is like – just absolutely ridiculous and built for stopping Giannis or at least slowing him down and I, I don't know how successfully you can do that in a playoff series like Giannis is going to adjust um, I think better than Bam is going to be able to but yeah I mean Miami is definitely a threatening team it's going to be a little bit interesting to me to kind of see where they're offense comes from I know they have like decent shooters but if you're able to keep track of those and Jimmy sort of struggled to score this year I know he's playmate a lot um so I I still have more concerns definitely about Milwaukee which I'm sure we all do um but but I mean yeah you can't deny that uh Miami is definitely a team that is somewhat threatening here and you got to worry about
2: yeah I mean they they shot the lights out versus Milwaukee Uh, Milwaukee was horrible from beyond the arc, just to put it bluntly. They were 7 for 34 for 21% from 3, whereas Miami went 18 for 37, almost 50% from 3. Big difference here in terms of how things panned out. The Bucs had 19 assists to 13 turnovers, so that smothering defense by Miami made a huge, huge difference. Um, The one thing that I would notice right off the bat is if Middleton and Giannis aren't producing, or at least one of them isn't producing, it kills their entire flow. Uh, I mean, the two of them combined, 10 for 34 from the field, two for 14 from three. Uh, Giannis was 0 for 4, and Middleton was 2 for 10 from three. And both were net negatives. So the fact is, if Middleton isn't producing offensively for you, which, as a Celtics fan, is never the case because he always roasts That's true. With- consistently roasts us ever I'm since not that playoff that.
1: series there was the one game where he hit the ridiculous three i th- i don't remember if it sent it to ot or if like i want to say rosier hit a crazy shot right after um but yes there was one game specifically i mean he always goes off since the playoff series it's, that we had it's against it like
2: it's like he seriously just like opened up his third eye like his chakra is complete now and he just like takes it to a completely different level against us That guy goes into, like, prime MJ every single time he has to play Boston. That being aside, if he has a really bad shooting night like this one where he went four for 16 from the field, the Bucs are in trouble. They don't have a ton of shooting on the rest of the team. In terms of the bench battle in this game, Miami had them outscored 47-34. Big shout-out to former Celtic Jay Crowder. Absolutely dominated. They had him come in. He – He came off the bench for 30 minutes, 18 points, six for 10 from the field, five for nine from three. Andre Iguodala barely played this game. To be honest, looking at that deal that Miami pulled to get Iguodala there, I think Jay Crowder actually might be a more crucial part of that trade than first really recognized. I think he's going to be the big player for them in that deal because he's providing a lot in terms of three point shooting and, just the amount of other plays around him that are able to create. I mean, he tried just coming in off the bench like that and just having the night that he had is big. I also do want to give a big shout out to Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets ended up having. Let me have, let me see, let me look at my notes here. He went ahead and had Where do I have this? Oh Jesus. Where is it? Yeah, Jimmy ended up having, I believe it was, he was 50% from the field, seven assists, and he ended up having, I think it was 18 points, 18 points, six rebounds. And the fact is, is as you were noting before, Brendan, he's going ahead and moving that ball around a lot. He's become a major distributor for this offense.
0: I kind of want to weigh in here about Igor Adler just before you continue talking about the offense. People have got to remember Iggy hasn't played for like, nine to ten months it's going to take him a while to regain his max sharpness once he's back to game level and game fitness i still think he's going to be the primary piece in that trade acquisition i love jay crowder i think jay crowder brings a lot of physicality a lot of intensity but iguodala brings that knowledge on how to win in the playoffs
2: okay all right. okay all
0: right. all right i just wanted to disagree a little bit
2: <laughs> no i think that's totally fair and you you definitely as you said you can't discount the fact of that basketball acumen, that that IQ, that experience that he has. You know, he's a multi-time champion for a reason. Not just because he was on the Warriors, but because he's actually a very good player. And when it comes to crunch time and making clutch plays, nine times out of ten, as long as he's not getting a chase down block from LeBron, he's making the right play.
0: Is Brendan still there? I am still here. I am still here, don't you worry. The only other guy I've got to really talk about is Giannis.
2: Fire away, Slaughter. What do
0: you got about the beast? <laughs> Just that, he's been a beast, dude. He's had some good games. He's had some poor games. Poor by his standards, not by NBA standards. But at the same time, I do feel like teams are starting to figure out how to kind of hedge him, how to defend him a little bit better. He really has shown a bit of an improvement in his jump shooting, but not enough for me to feel like he's become unplayable at this point. I'm still concerned if, if the Celtics end up when the Celtics end up matching with Milwaukee. But at this point in time, I feel like the Celtics are smart enough on defense to be able to take him out of the game. And at which point you only have to deal with Middleton, because in my eyes Bledsoe's Bledsoe.
1: I don't even know if you can take Giannis out the game. Like it, it, I'd almost try to take everybody else out of the game. And they just be in like
0: game one last year, right? They, they just forced Janis into positions where he's not comfortable, made him give easy fouls, and then put him in a position where he had to be mindful of how he attacked the hoop.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Giannis is no maker when it comes to being the <laughs> the uh, ball handler in transition. So all I'm going to say. Listen, listen. All right, Wanamaker as the ball handler in transition, 74%. Giannis, 53. Rookie. Rookie crap. no Wanamaker.
0: It's all this is what I'm saying, right? <laughs> like, who needs Giannis when you've got Brad Wanamaker? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I,
2: I will say, I, we talked about with Bam bio, I, I think he did a really good job defending Giannis. But overall, I think the real trick is forcing Giannis to shoot, which is easier said than done because – that dude puts the ball to the floor three steps and he's at the rim dunking on your head. So in order to do that, it's one or two approaches. You can either force him to get other people involved, force him to pass it, to try and find people for open looks. It seemed to be in this game in particular, he was trying to do that. Uh, They did struggle in the assist department. They had a lot of turnovers as a team. So, trying to play hard defense and force him to move the ball around might be one way to try and throw the Bucs off of their game. Overall, I mean, he had 13 points against Miami, six for 18 from the field, over four from three. So, I think teams, as you said, Adam, are figuring out how to defend him. It's just a matter of being able to do that consistently over a seven game series that is really the problem.
1: And Giannis scares me because, like, he's ridiculous. Re- ridiculously competitive you know like if you shut down Giannis one game I'm terrified for the next time you go up against him
2: that's that's one of the reasons why as a Celtics fan I like him because he has that mentality and that edge to put it bluntly it sucks to play against him because he's such a hard playing athlete he's always ferocious he's emotional and the thing is what he's doing for the Bucs is huge because outside of Middleton they don't have a lot of star power You know, they have a lot of pieces that fit well together, but overall it's not like they're riddled with all of these, you know, former veterans who are now star role players for this team. They've got some pieces that have fit well with them and they've got players like George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. Brooke Lopez is doing a great job. He also, I want to say, had an amazing game. He was eight for 16, two for four from three. And so he did a great job. He was actually their highest scorer for the game. Um, but that being said, you know, there isn't a lot of star power to go around for Milwaukee. That's why what Giannis is doing this season, I think, is worthy of the MVP.
1: Yeah, if Giannis doesn't win MVP and LeBron does, I'm rioting. It's ridiculous.
2: It bothers but, me that that's even a narrative, man.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, props to LeBron, but, like, the argument can't be, yeah, but he's doing this at 35. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, and it's, it's very true. I mean, he's great at, at this age. I mean, it's very impressive, but he's not the best player in the league. Nope. Look at the Bucs. The Bucks have a chance to win 70 games. They're not going to. I, I think they get like 68. But, I mean, just that right there and Giannis clearly being the guy. Like, Middleton is, is really good. Middleton is all-star level. Bledsoe is close to that in the regular season, too, to be fair. But, like, it is all Giannis that's doing this.
2: And that's what's really impressive about it. The last time that we saw a player do something like this, was LeBron James. So I don't understand why people are balking at the idea that Giannis is all of a sudden this dominant athlete worthy of the MVP. Because what he's doing right now with the Bucks is absurd.
0: Do you guys agree that when LeBron hangs up his sneakers that Giannis is going to be the face of the league?
2: I think that's kind of a foregone conclusion. I guess it depends yeah. when LeBron hangs it up, but yeah.
0: Do you know what I like about Giannis the most was in the summer when he said, I've had like hella sponsorship opportunities and opportunities to do advertisements and do appearances and i'm not about any of that because i need to be in the gym working to get better and my goal is to i'm paid to win a, win games and win a championship and that's all i'm focused on
1: yeah i have seen the joke going around that like nobody asks him about this stuff and he just always mentions mentions that he's not about all this extra stuff and since i've seen that i can't help but notice it so I always like, you know, I'm not about making friends. And it's like, okay, well, nobody really, like, asked. Like, I agree, and I love to see it. But it's also like, all right, dude, you're clearly, like, going for this.
0: Hardo. But I love it. But I do, love it. I do love it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what you want, though, right? I mean...
1: And he doesn't like James Harden. Well, I mean, that's great.
0: <laughs> see, I like watching James, James Harden play, but I can imagine what? he's not a nice guy. I do, dude. Grifter, I help grifter, dude. I don't... <laughs> I put no. out a tweet about
2: it the other day. I just think with the Harden situation in particular, he's always looking for a fight when it comes to the MVP. He's always looking to try and beef with somebody every time. Like before he was teammates with Russ, he was coming at Russ. Like, oh, a team's winning percentage should like, actually matter when it comes to the conversation. Even before the season, he was starting to take shots at Giannis.
0: Harden just feels like he's the best in the league.
2: Which is he's, okay, except he's, he's not. He's brisk. one of
0: the best at what he does, though
2: exactly which is grifting he's a very good three-point shooter for volume
1: he actually is a decent defender when he cares too and that's the caveat (laughs) right
2: (laughs) Right. but But, you you know
1: like on a on a big possession he can he can be an average he can be not a big liability pretty much
2: he's big enough for him to not be a liability
1: right and he can somewhat
0: move you know
2: Shimmy, shimmy, oh, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, <laughs> yeah.
0: Give it to me. Sorry. Yeah, so um, that's going to wrap us up for the day. Guys, we hope you enjoyed it. This one's had a bit more of a relaxed feel. We're going to try and keep these around the league episodes relaxed. Basketball's fun. We enjoy watching it. We all watch the Celtics, especially me. I watch them more analytically. So I... it doesn't take the enjoyment out of it, but I have to be really focused. So when I get a chance to talk about other teams around the league, I can be the fan and I'm really enjoying doing this segment. We hope you're enjoying it too. Please leave us a five-star written review on iTunes. You know, if you want to call one of us out by name, then that's great as long as it's nice things. You know, everybody gets brought up to know if you haven't got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. And we'll be back on Friday with our special guest who is still remaining nameless because otherwise we're going to ruin the surprise and you won't tune in or you... Just keep an eye out on Friday. Brendan, say bye. Bye Bye-bye. Tim, you can say bye. Sayonara. <laughs> we are Sayonese if you please. Do you remember that
2: film? Oh, yeah, it was a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> guys were leaving the trailer there.